Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to the new Faith and Family radio show. This is a show where we focus on families, particularly families with children in the home. We're going to have at least one show a month where we answer your questions uh, that you might have regarding parenting, marriage, raising children, teens, you name it, college years, courtship. Uh, If you go to FamilyLifeCenter.net, which is where you can find us on the internet, uh, there are instructions you can find right there from the homepage on how to submit a question via email or how to submit a call with your question. You can call us 24-7 from anywhere in the world at any time, and we can catch your call, and then we'll have our question and answer session together. Now, what we're going to be doing today is continuing our study on transformative parenting, the spiritual formation of your child's heart in an age of apostasy. And basically what this series is trying to do is call parents and parishes to a a new focus on parenting that will withstand the cultural pressures of what's going on in our culture. And just kind of a, a, just a couple of facts why a sea change or a dramatic change in religious formation is desperately needed. There is an important survey, 2013 survey, done by Pew Research on religion and public life. These are some of the things they found. Rather shocking. The percentage of U.S. Catholics who consider themselves strong members of the Catholic Church has never been lower. Only a quarter of American Catholics call themselves strong Catholics, and that's down more than 15 points since the mid-1980s, and it's among the lowest levels seen in the 38 years since the strength of religious identity was first measured. Never been lower uh, since these measurements began. Here's a shocker. Only 30% of American Catholics who were raised Catholic are still practicing. Now, one of the things I'm going to be emphasizing throughout this series is that you can be a faithful Catholic parent while your child is in the early childhood years and you think everything is going fine and these statistics will never hit your home. Where the majority of Americans who were raised Catholics are not practicing their faith. Only 30% are. Here's one, and this you don't even have to wait too long when your child gets to the age they should be marrying and forming families. Instead, they're doing a lot of other things like cohabiting. Catholic marriages celebrated in the church have decreased by nearly 60% between 1972 and the year 2010. This is a crisis that's not yet fully recognized in the church, but a plunge of 60% in the Catholic marriage rate is a crisis. And then this is one I just know of personally. I would uh, typify this particular parish as literally the top 1% or 2% of all the parishes in North America. I've had the opportunity to travel a lot, visit a lot of different parishes, and this parish has great priests. It's just 
as good as it gets. And yet they did a survey in-house, and to their shock, they discovered that 93% of the young people in the parish confirmation class don't regularly attend Mass. 93%. In other words, even though they're going through the confirmation class in body, they're already gone. The 93% who aren't attending Mass, even though they're going through the class, they're gone, folks. And so don't imagine that the crisis of the plunge in Catholics who consider themselves strong in their faith, the plunge in those raised Catholic but aren't practicing, the plunge in Catholic marriage rates, don't think that just because everything is going smooth in childhood, everything will be going smooth in the teens and 20 years. I don't want to unduly scare you, but I do want to motivate you to change. Last week, I emphasized a switch from what I described as a primary dependence on a strategy called religious information, that I know certain religious facts or this book or this catechism contains certain religious facts. And folks, I'm not against religious facts. I love religious facts. I read about religious facts all the time, but it's not enough for children. Because if I simply, as a catechist or a teacher or a parent or a parish instructor, am conveying religious information from my mind to the child's mind, it's not enough. And I'll be explaining why in just a second. And then I promise that today we would get to that second parenting strategy and parish strategy for basically a fruitful Catholic life, and I term that outward conformity. In other words, uh, parents insisting on certain outward forms of moral behavior. Now, both of these are good, teaching religious facts, outward conformity to moral behavior, but as primary emphasis, um, these things have weaknesses. And let's first just review what we did last week, that the mind in religious formation is not to be the primary target. It's secondary. The place for spiritual perception, for spiritual understanding, the place for truly knowing God in a way that's transformative or life-transforming is the heart, not the head. And yet, we're kind of more Greeks than Hebrews. We're kind of like detach the mind and think if the mind is fed certain information, then all is well and done. No. And it just basically takes a few um, basically temptations in teen years or 20s to reveal how weak a foundation that is. You know, what's the problem with, um, you know, immorality in our culture? And what's the problem with youth falling away from the faith? Well, Jesus nailed it in Matthew chapter 13, he said this, for this people's heart has grown dull. He didn't say their mind, their heart has grown dull. In other words, their spiritual perception has grown dull. And as a result, their ears are heavy of hearing, their eyes have closed, lest they should perceive with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with the heart and turn for me 
to heal them. Does your child's catechist recognize that understanding for a child or an adult, understanding who Jesus is? Now, remember, the demons recognize Jesus, and James says the demons believe in one God. Okay, we want a little bit more than that for our children. We want our children to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. We want them to be lifelong disciples, not dropouts. And to do that, we need to prevent a heart that grows dull. And you can have lots of religious information in, in the head, but if the heart is dull, you don't have the life transformation. Last week, I included this, what I call, step on the toes scripture from the prophet Isaiah. It begins in Isaiah 29, 13, and the Lord said, this is God speaking, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and the fear of me is a commandment of men learned by rote. In other words, it's just information conveyed to the brain that didn't touch the heart. And as a result, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah's day, the people were falling away from God in droves, and the nation was decaying, and injustice was taking place, and eventually it came to the ruin of their nation. I'm not quoting from USA Today. That's Isaiah, but that's what's going on in our day. And it's the same reason. We have to have heart formation in order to have transformation. And again, the key to the New Testament is found in the prophet Jeremiah, who prophesied of this New Testament or New Covenant, where God says, this is the covenant I will make. I will put my law within them, and I will write it upon their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each man teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean in the New Covenant we don't have to teach uh, and I'm not trying to deny the scripture saying, well, no longer each man have to teach his neighbor. But there's that dimension of knowledge. There's the dimension of insight and perception and understanding and love for God that stems ultimately from the heart. The perceptions of the mind, the ears and the eyes, they will start working properly if the heart is reached. But if if the catechesis and the spiritual formation and the Catholic homeschooling and whatever it is is simply directed at the head, at the mind, and doesn't touch the heart, it can be actually counterproductive. So along with catechisms and classes and textbooks and Bibles and everything else, we particularly want to pray for a child's heart. Just like St. Paul said in his letter to the Ephesians, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you, may give you, not obtain, okay, that God may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him to know God, to love God, to adhere to God, and to obey him because you love him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened 
that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. The eyes of your heart. Do you ever really think to really see it? It's, you know, many of you, I'm sure, have had a religious experience. It's like somebody says, like, the light switch went on. That's what I'm talking about. And it's not just an intellectual thing. It's not anti-intellectual, but it doesn't stop there. In fact, the intellect has to be illumined by a heart that's been touched and opened by God. That's why, like, say if you're a parent, you might want to talk a lot less about God to your kids and talk a lot to, more about, to God about your kids, asking him to bestow grace on them. Because it's not just getting all the facts across, it's getting them in touch with the living God. Now, that, that was just a review from last week. No, I'm not senile. I'm reviewing this because it is so incredibly important. And I doubt if you're not doing this, you're going to get it the first time you hear it. So I'm going to be repeating this as we go through this series, because this is something that you truly and profoundly need to grasp, because just the way things have been done in the past and the way a lot of things are done commonly, it's not enough given our today's cultural situation. Now, I promise that along with the religious information strategy that we really need to touch the heart, that we can't rely on that companion strategy, outward conformity, to assure that our children will be lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. We're going to go to a quick break, and I promise it'll be quick. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about why outward conformity doesn't produce the lasting fruit needed in today's world. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Family Life Center International's mission is to strengthen family life in the modern world by focusing on three main areas, faith, family life, and fatherhood. We invite you to visit the Family Life Center's online home at familylifecenter.net. There you'll find articles and resources on faith and family topics, whether it's strengthening your Catholic marriage, building the Catholic family, tackling the terrible twos, passing on the faith, or parenting teens, you'll find the practical help that you need on our website. And when you visit FamilyLifeCenter.net, be sure to click on our free resources link right there on our homepage. To sign up for any of our free services, such as Steve Wood's monthly newsletter for Catholic fathers, information on how you can become a member of the Family Life Center's Family Life Team, and so much more. Visit us online today at FamilyLifeCenter.net. The Family Life Center International, because the future of the world and of the church passes through the family. Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Steve Wood, and we're talking about transformative parenting. And by transformative parenting, we're speaking about really forming a child's heart so that there's such a strong union with Christ that that child, as he or she faces the teen years and the temptations of the 20-something years and the college years, will have that internal strength that's not an option. I'm sorry, it's not an option in today's world. Our cultural situation has come to the point where we really need to have the internal grace. Now, before the break, I promised you that I would talk about the outward conformity companion strategy 
and that really shouldn't be relied on as the primary strategy for the religious formation of your children. Now, it is certainly proper, I want you to hear me very clearly, for parents of young children to insist on outward conformity to good and godly behavior, okay? Parents should insist on it. And um, if you know anything about how I feel about this, I believe that discipline is fully appropriate when behavioral conformity is lacking. It's very important for young children when told to conform to certain norms of behavior uh, regarding the faith or family life or parish life, that they should do it. And if they don't, there should be a form of discipline following. But a primary and extended dependence on outward conformity for the spiritual formation of your children will result in raising a really good Pharisee. And I don't know if you're aware, but the Pharisees, Jesus had some pretty critical words for. And let me explain, because Jesus tells us exactly what made the Pharisees the Pharisees, that we kind of, it's almost, used to be a exalted religious title, but we kind of regard it as a pejorative term. Jesus said in Matthew 23, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites! You cleanse the outside of the cup and plate, but inside they are full of extortion. You blind Pharisee! You see, the concentration on the outside, ignoring the inside, and spiritual blindness. Jesus says, first, and Catholic parents, Catholic parishes, Catholic homeschoolers, Catholic CCD instructors, scout leaders, whatever, listen, first cleanse the inside of the cup that the outside may also be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within they are full of dead man's bones. They're death, lifeless, without the spirit. So you outwardly appear righteous to men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. So you see, just simply insisting on outward behavior, as a child begins to mature, there has to be a trans formation of the heart. And if you want lasting outward change, you first have to work on heart formation in order to have a true life of this. I grew up on Wood Lane Farm. My mom and dad had a farm, and we, we tried a little bit of everything, mostly cattle and horses, chickens for a little while, and we had pigs. Well, pigs had a very short tenure. I remember a very traumatic experience in my childhood. It was my turn to whitewash the pig barn at Wood Lane Farm. My dad gave me a pail of some kind of uh, concoction, whitewash with lime, to kind of disinfect and cover up. And the pigs had filth and mud and excrement, and it was everywhere on the walls and the fences and everything. And it was my job to whitewash it. And I mean, <laughs> this is years later. It's very vivid in my mind. You know, I know what was underneath the whitewash. And I've said in this series already twice 
you can have a young child and you think everything is fine during the childhood years because you as a parent can apply the pressure to insist on the outward conformity. And again, for a young child, this is absolutely necessary. But as they begin to mature, your discipleship of your child and of your CCD class and of your catechism class and of your confirmation class and of your parish efforts all around has to be working on that heart. And if they don't, you basically are going to have all, you know, if the heart isn't right, all kinds of negative stuff is going to eventually come out. And that's what basically Jesus was saying, what was wrong with the Pharisees? So he said, first clean the inside. The outside will be clean then. It'll, it'll work its way out. So there are two gigantic problems stemming from this primary reliance on what I call outward conformity to moral behavior. And number one, it's simply outward. Transformative parenting is on the heart, and an outward focus is the wrong focus, just like focusing on the head primarily instead of the heart misses it because the heart is the source of both godless and godly behaviors. And if you just simply go for the head and and couple that with going for the outside and neglect the heart, then you're setting yourself up to making a religious Pharisee, okay? Outside looking good, probably for a while in today's culture. Inside not so good because the heart isn't touched. And then you're probably going to have disaster as the child matures into the latter teens and 20s. Want to know where problems come? Same person, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Mark chapter 7. He says, from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these things come from within, says Jesus Christ. So you can't simply suppress the outside and leave the inside untouched because as soon as your pressure is removed, these things will come out. So here, then is the second gigantic problem with a primary reliance on outward conformity. The primary dependence on outward conformity leads to a peer dependence on outward conformity. Let me explain. During childhood, see, the heart really steers the person, but parents can apply the pressure for the outward conformity. So the child basically is being taught by you to live his or her life based on the external pressures applied. Now, while you, the parent, are the primary influence uh, on a child's life, things seem to be going great. But believe me, as a child hits the teen years and the 20 years, peer pressure grows to astronomical levels. And in today's world, by the way, I, I, I don't know what other people are telling you, but hell still exists. And there are tens, if not hundreds of millions of youth, even in churches and raised in churches, who are on a path to hell today because they're following their peer culture. And if you're training your child to withstand a peer culture while they're a child, 
to get ready for the teens and the 20 years by simply outward pressure. Well, when the outward pressure switches from parents to peer group, they're going to follow the outward pressure of the peer group because there's only one way to withstand that pressure. And believe me, it is enormous. Quite honestly, it would scare me to be a young person today just with all of the teen pressure and peer pressure, but there is a way to resist it. And that's with a heart fully united to Jesus Christ, a heart on fire, a heart that's given spiritual perception, a heart that doesn't leave scripture somewhere abstractly rolling around the back places of the mind, but really grasps the child and begins to, that, that's a way of life. And that child, when they say, do you, do you know Jesus Christ? You have a deep, personal covenant union with Jesus Christ. When that child goes to Mass, it's not some boring thing, but that you come in union with the living God. That's what communion is. It's alive to you. This is how we have to form children. And it's in a strong internal spiritual formation that will not succumb to peer pressure. But if you're only relying on outward pressure during childhood, the child's liable to go with outward pressure during the teens and 20s. And so the real key is to stay away from both abstract religious information aimed at the heart and neglect to the neglect of the heart, excuse me, aimed at the mind neglecting the heart, and then also an emphasis on outward behavior at the cost of missing the heart. We can't do this. We can't depend upon this for religious formation in our day. Now, before you think this is impossible, I want every Catholic listening and any Protestant listening listen in too. You're welcome to listen. But every Catholic listening, we have faced this before. We are named Roman Catholics after what was a pagan-to-the-max capital of an empire, pagan Rome. And St. Paul wrote to those Romans in Romans, his epistle, chapter 5 and verse 5, Romans 5, 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. You see, when God's grace transformed the hearts of the first Roman Catholics, what happened is that a transformed Roman Empire resulted. And this is what transformative parenting is all about, and I ask you to join me in upcoming episodes of Faith and Family Radio as we explore transformative parenting. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at familylifecenter.net. To order a CD copy of today's broadcast, order online at www.familylifecenter.net.